You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of April 7, 2019. This is episode 114. We are back and from that city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barce. And back from a five-week stint as a roadie for Taylor Swift's World Tour, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, AJ and I are back together after five successful Analog Explorer WatchFam interviews. It's time, get it, to tackle a topic near and dear to my heart, productivity. But not in a way you're probably used to. This one comes with a side of bacon. Won't you join us for a tasty conversation? This is the Bellingham Podcast. I have missed this, Chris. How are you? I'm not bad. How about yourself, AJ? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so okay, time out. First yes. of all, okay, t- time I'm, out. I'm starting this one out. Okay, yeah, fine, seriously. fine, fine. Congratulations on five successful interviews with uh, members of the Watch Fam. Oh yeah, uh, The Analog Explorer was well represented. Yeah. And uh, uh, props to Dan C21CY, Toxic Nados, EA8, A Diaz. And buying on time, great yeah. insights into their world uh, and, and such, and uh, forgetting the inside scoop on a lot of stuff. Good work. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was that was a cool series. And for those listening, like also it, it also co-aligned with the fact that those five weeks, like you were on travel, I had stuff. Like, so, like I said, it wasn't really Taylor Swift's world tour. It's more like planning for the Spice Girls reunion tour in 2019, June 15th. They're playing London's Wembley Stadium, but I, uh, but you know, you didn't hear that from me. You, anyway, nobody can see my face right now. The fact that you. Uh, Oh, that amazes me, Chris. <laughs> Couldn't uh, tell you what I had for lunch yesterday, but I know when the Spice Girls are playing Wembley. Believe that. Like, how is that a thing? How is that a thing? How do you know that? I'm the king of useless information. <laughs> All right, back okay, to the topic anyway, at anyway, hand. Anyway. <laughs> so I was curious, after having these interviews yeah. uh, across the world, mm-hmm. across the country, across the zip code, whatever have you, sure. uh, what surprised you about all these interviews that you had? What uh, Was there some kind of common thread or something? Well, well other than the why watches hook. Um, but in your perspective. Well, no, it was just cool. One, you and I have always kind of talked about, like, what would be a good methodology to to like get other people on the show and stuff. So this was kind of a a test run for that, which worked great. And what's cool is as I was, as I was recording all these, because we've, you know, full disclosure, those episodes were kind of in the hopper, you know, weeks in advance because we knew that we're going to be off the mic. But uh, what was cool is, is how everybody is open. Like this is one thing that's interesting about um, these really silly pieces of technology watches, you know, everybody, if you're into it, you can ask any, there's no such thing as a dumb question, right? And also the cool thing about it is, and we experience this on a daily basis working in technology, is there's always borders. There's always walls. Like, yeah. I can only give you this much. I think I made a mention on one of the episodes, you know, you know, unlike uh, most technologists, if you ask us, we're gregarious enough, we'll grab a mic and put it on a show. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's not necessarily the case. And in the watch fam, if you see a really cool watch and you don't know nothing, you, you don't know anything about it, you just like it. And you just go up and say, hey, nice watch. If a person's in the watch fam, they'll be more than a, a welcoming of you. Like, hey, cool. You, you know, you want to know a little bit about it? Like, we'll talk about anything. Yeah. You know? Again, I, I learned a little bit of that in uh, f- welcome, welcoming familiarity uh, in our trip um, a couple months ago right. to Red Bar, Vancouver. Right. Uh, at an undisclosed location. Yeah. But, uh, hey, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, the, you know, to be... 
somewhat of a of looking at the watch uh, community and world from a periphery uh, just to be included welcome you got one watch no sweat it's a great watch you're part of the family yeah I like that and you know in our area of technology there are those that uh, hold on to their knowledge with a tight fist mm -hmm. and uh, yeah good on y'all for sharing thanks very much for uh, making us all more aware of all the goods that involve with watch straps and other uh, watch related items side effect of those shows even people who listen to the show who are not into watches i got a lot of direct messages of like i did i knew nothing about this and now i'm interested in looking at a watch or whatever like it was interesting i had people who are non-watch fam folk who were just like that was really cool very so. good so you know having gotten these insights from makers one last question to aj yes where are you seeing the world of watches and or the watch fam headed in the next few years as we approach and you heard it here first, folks. The Roaring Twenties. Oh, the Roaring Twenties. You heard it here first, y'all. I don't know. Um, Where I, are things headed? I, th I think I think Elena kind of nailed it on the head for me. Is it's kind of I think it's going to be an interesting time from the perspective of American watchmaking. Um, the fact that we have um, we have younger folk coming into this craft and who are are, who are employed. You know, the, they either are working for large companies or starting their own. Like thinking like the the two gentlemen that started Vortic watches out of like 3D printing metal and stuff like it's innovation, it's manufacturing, and it's bringing it back to something that is rooted in American uh, culture. Like this was an industry here. So, uh, so, so many <laughs> a century ago, yeah. you know, and that's really cool. And I think as more and more people, as the trend kind of came out in a lot of the episodes, you know, we talk about a lot about digital minimalism and the fact that, you know, maybe these little trinkets might be a way for people to get more disconnected and more experiential of life. So, Sounds good. Side effects. Another side effect, Chris, is yes. that you might be listening to us finally all over the air on Camry 102.3 FM. Low power. Oh, I missed that baritone community radio here in the heart of the city of subdued excitement. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're, we're kind of getting our uh, rhythm and our stick against it a month and a week yeah. since so we've been on the stick. Where have you been? Like, um, I mean, there's been weeks that I haven't been able to see or talk to you. Yes. Uh, full disclosure, I was not a roadie for Taylor Swift. What? Nor, you lied uh, to me? I just happened to we notice. Have bad uh, you got so, bad blood. You got bad blood. Of a bad blood. Um, I, you know, just been doing my thing, uh, you know, working with technology. And actually, I've been doing some work on a couple interviews, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago, at least from our uh, Bellingham podcast numbers, not the Analog Explorer yeah. numbers. I uh, had an opportunity to interview an ex executive director with a nonprofit in Bellingham. Uh, stay tuned, folks. Next episode, a week from now, or whenever you happen to see number 114 in your podcast uh, feed, there will be another executive executive director of a worthy, awesome Bellingham nonprofit that does wonderful work in this community. So stay tuned. I was on the interview path, but in between interviews, I had an experience that really uh, resonated with me and I wanted to talk about it because you know what? I could do whatever I want on this show <laughs> and, and as long as I clear it with you. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool. I like this because it's, it is unique. So uh, picture this, you know, for how many episodes you've heard AJ and myself uh, rattle on about working smarter, uh, having less, existing with less, uh, being productive, being minimalist, et cetera, et cetera. And I had an, bacon. yeah, I had an opportunity to visit a, a venue in Bellingham with my uh, beautiful wife and our little niece. Ooh. We have a four-year-old uh, youngster niece who uh, we were able to go to breakfast with on a Sunday morning in recent memory. 
Where do we go, you might ask, for there, breakfast? Well, there's tons of places. I there, mean. there are tons of places. However, uh, due to our niece enjoying pancakes, ah, yes. where else would you go than the International, International House, House of, of pancakes. pancakes? Yes, IHOP uh, <laughs> over there on Bakerview. Thank you very much. Uh, we went to uh, this restaurant Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., i.e. ergo, the busiest time of the week. Normally, this is not a place I would frequent, not due to IHOP's, uh, you know, national chain uh, status. Affiliation, Affiliation, yes. Uh, You know, our our niece just loved pancakes. So I'm quietly dreading the wait that would occur as I'm as we're approaching the main entrances of the of the restaurant there is there are people waiting outside of the vent to be able to get seated so I'm thinking oh goody we've got a 45 minute hour wait whatever okay we're gonna keep a four-year-old entertained with a four-year-old yep. yeah turns out on Sunday morning 10 30 a.m there were nine people ahead of me on the waiting list I happened to scan the list of names that was a lot we were seated in eight minutes Eight. I could not believe it was eight minutes till we uh, got my name called to be able to get our table. So that leads me to think, what is going on with this restaurant? So I started paying attention. And you all know by now, I am hyper observant. Laser beam eyes. That's right. Uh, needless to say, the wait staff with the International House of Pancakes, IHOP, if you will, were hustling all over the place. And I, I didn't get a chance to look at what shoes they wore, but if you need to get your 10,000 steps on, on a work shift, I would look at the feet. Find those shoes. Yeah, exactly. Um, they were seating people, getting drink requests, serving food. They were all over the place, buzzing like uh, uh, a time lapse of planets in orbit. <laughs> anyway, uh, but there were some nuances or there were some little subtle things at, during our IHOP experience for breakfast that I found to be rather clever and noteworthy. And so I wanted to share a couple of them for those of you that may not have been to a finely tuned establishment of getting food in people's guts. As we got to our table, the the host or uh, one of the wait staff set the utensils up, you know, napkin, fork, knife, spoon. They set it up in our places and they noticed that our kiddo, the kiddo with us, hold that thought, our kiddo with us. Uh, was at this particular seat. They set the utensils up away from their grabbiness yeah, I, by the parents. I appreciate that. And I, it always perturbs me when I go to a place, whether they're local or a chain, and that, like, because I have a two and a half year old. Yes. And as soon as that roll gets take, put down, immediately he snatches it. Yep. And the first thing he pulls out is the knife. Like, right. Always. Just like always. Animal on the Muppet, sh- uh, on the Muppet Show Rah. playing drums. That's yes. right. So setting up utensils away was a really good move. I'm sure they've had plenty of instances where they've observed parents. Moving them away. Let's get proactive. Exactly. So, as we were, uh, you know, getting waiting to get our order taken, I'm looking around, and of course, in the din of all the patrons in the restaurant and the children along with them, it was an audible level. But I saw one of the waitstaff walk around with a tablet, making notes. It wasn't like a clipboard or anything like that. They had a tablet, and what I had noticed was. They were tracking where the patrons or the customers were in their meal. Were they unserved? Did they have the food? Are they getting near the time for their check? Now, this is separate than like they're not taking payments on this. They are not taking payments. This is just just like a rover, an observer, if you will. Uh, Because as they're noticing that a table's wrapping up, they might be ready to get the check delivered, which would get a table leaving out the door faster. Yeah, exactly. Hence our eight minute wait. That was pretty 
uh, cool in a proactive mindset. Hmm. You see where they're at, see when the napkin flags, that's what, you know, when I used to wait tables, we called them napkin flags when, uh, to let them know that they're done, ready for the check. That was really impressive. And then another uh, thing is I was getting uh, my hash browns because I digs me some hash browns. Me too, bro. Uh, they have, they, they set uh, a couple condiments away from the kiddos. Of course. Uh, they gave us a half bottle of ketchup. Now, normally- intentionally. Well, but here's, I, I don't know if this was uh, on purpose or it just happened to be a busy Sunday yeah, yeah. morning, but having a half bottle of ketchup has some logic to it because one, if you have a full squeeze bottle of ketchup, there could be an uh, egregious amount of waste yeah. with unused ketchup that some people will just go squirt on their plate and then not use all of it. When you have a little, you know, when you're approaching empty, you may not want to completely uh, I see the psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was rather uh, interesting. Less waste, less mess. Uh, and then as uh, our niece was seated, they got uh, the little kid menu with of the course. coloring, drawing things, but they only had two crayons, red and blue. Hmm. And I thought, okay, less mess with crayons scattered all over the place. You get two to choose from. Yeah. It, it eliminates decision fatigue for the little ones. I thought that was rather uh, impressive how, okay. And there wasn't any kind of crying. I want my burnt sienna. I want my <laughs> my emerald green. I, it was just my red and blue. blue. That's right. Uh, so less mess once again. And it was immediate. And so the children having the crayons were immediately focused on the kids' menu. Didn't have to worry about where's my food. I'm hungry. Blah blah blah. Etc. Mm-hmm, Etc. Mm-hmm. Parents take note. They got this on lockdown. The, That's cool. Uh, the staff was really on it, which I was pretty impressive. Uh, from when our wait person took our order, I looked at my watch just because now I'm in observation mode and our food three, uh, it was actually two plates and our niece kind of, uh, shared, nibbled. yeah, nibbled on some of ours. Cause you know, kids uh, of a toddler age may not be as hungry as a burly eighth of a ton of uh, gent in his forties. The food was served in seven to eight minutes. Hmm. That's pretty cool to be able to pump out an order from the kitchen and serve it uh, borderline fast food time frame. Yeah. I mean, if you think about when you go to another fast food joint around town, how long does it take you to get your, your bag of awesome? Uh, seven, eight minutes is almost in that time frame, which is pretty cool. Totally. Um, also, one thing I noticed where uh, the wait staff were really taking dedicated uh, attention, paying dedicated attention to the kids. And I noticed one of them we, uh, asked about the kiddo. Would your kiddo like some milk or orange juice? Great move in avoiding any kind of gender mistake. Yeah. Uh, or any kind of, now with, with our niece, she's wearing a pink Hello Kitty dress. Right, right, uh, right. I don't think there'd be much uh, d- discernment or confusion about that. But uh, there may be some ch- uh, kiddos that, yeah, don't want to err and, and worry right, about right, offending right. the parents. So good on them for giving a, a standard uh, description and asking if they want some milk or orange juice or other stuff like that. I thought that was rather impressive. Uh, and then also, as we've talked about in episodes, in IHOP, they don't have any screens. Have you noticed, ladies and gentlemen, when you go to a national chain restaurant, there are these little devices that have a screen on them that allow you to play games on them. For $14.99. Uh, for $14.99. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and some have them just, uh, you know, it's a great way to get the kids zombified. Right. To stare into a screen. Oh, uh, I, I'm not going to be relating to my child for this time that we are here in this restaurant. Um, however, there is a drawback that I would... Uh, observe 
in going to places that have that ta uh, that uh, tablet yeah. or that device, you can't pay at the table. Yeah. Without that. That's and what I, I was thought, wondering about the roamer, if that was the, that person with the, the clipboard the, tablet, yeah, if that yeah. was for payment or that was just for observation. I don't think so. I think it was just for observation. Huh. So the fact, you know, so it's kind of a, a, a give and take or a good thing, bad thing by not having a tablet to occupy the kid's attention. Sure. Red, blue crayons, you're good to go. Let's yeah. go at analog, shall we? I like it. Yes. Uh, so that was, uh, that was something. And then uh, it could also be an advantage not to have a tablet at a table just to... Uh, prevent destroyed devices <laughs> from kiddo abuse. Wait, kids abuse things with with screens? I'm confused by this, Chris. Anywho, I just thought that that was, you know, as far as productivity, here's a way to be able to get an experience of getting your food, getting your grub on, and getting you out. Yeah. Which was uh, which is pretty cool. And, uh, the, you know, the check came in reasonable fashion. It was not rushed. Mm -hmm. They were really on it. They did the obligatory, how was everything about four minutes into our meal? I mean, this is clockwork, ladies and gentlemen. And they really had it down. I mean, where have I been? Not at IHOP. Well, we, we typically talk about local places on the show. Yes. So, I mean, of course... You know, this is a local place in Bellingham, but affiliated with a chain. So yes. yeah, yeah, this is an interest. This is an interesting bit. It is, and uh, so there's one, one, uh, you know, a couple unique things. Got our got our check for our our meal. There's only one place to pay. And it's right at the front. I was just going to ask. So, what's the downside to the story? The downside is they usually don't. You know, you usually don't put your credit card in the little slip and then put it there where they come and grab it. It's like you pay on your own, there, sucker. So, uh, <laughs> but the problem is when you're when I was standing at the place where you're supposed to pay, they're so jacked busy with people. Right. So it's um, still a bottleneck. Is this person waiting for a table? Or are they ready to pay? So I kind of made myself apparent, not waving it around, but I definitely had my receipt of the of the tab uh in my fingers uh in a visible location right right and so therefore i got to i got to pay uh one place but the drop the, you know the drawback of having so many people around someone who's on wait staff may be wondering okay do i need to take care yeah, of the do till? i need to swoop into yeah. you or you're all good yes so, okay that's okay one and downside. only one time there's one little vortex of an intersection that i saw four people arrive from north south east west in this intersection at the same time and they all stopped and they all looked at each other. And I'm kind of like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Who, who goes first? The person with the food goes first. Ah. Of course. Yeah. And everyone backed up, you know, backed up. It's kind of like a four-way stop. I was thinking more like Hurricane Hurricane IHOP. A Hurricane IHOP? <laughs> that could work very well as well. So anyway, um, I actually had a pretty good experience at IHOP on Bakerview. Kudos to the wait staff and to the manager for having such a well-organized, efficient uh, experience for the throng of people that are going to have their Sunday breakfast there. And coming from an introverted minimalist, that's pretty impressive. Chris. Well, you know, and, and you know, I, I didn't care for the noise level. I can't Valid. really do much about ambient uh, sound acoustic treatments. It's yeah. going to be loud. Yeah, especially if they're that hustling. But an eight minute wait about maybe a 15 minute, 17 minute total time from seated to full. Here's mm. my card. Mm. You know, here's my bill. Uh, that was a, that was a reasonable experience to get uh, breakfast taken care of. There is a drawback to this experience though, full for those of you that may be uh, frequenting IHOP and wanting to experience what I experienced. Other establishments in Bellingham may not be as efficient. Sure. Therefore, it's important to tell the kiddos that they got to be patient mm -hmm. because when you go to a local joint like Magnus Crepes yeah. or uh, Home Skillet sure. or uh, Fiamma Burger, which does breakfast, 
I didn't do they do breakfast? That. I didn't. I, I think they do breakfast, but sure, I, sure. But wherever you would go to breakfast, some establishments may not be as on yeah. as as where I went to. So you got to have some patience. Mm-hmm. But here's an example of a, a really observing where the stop gaps or where the bottlenecks are, and working on a way to be able to uh, eliminate them and to make it a win for all involved. And that's a great illustration for us in our personal technology, where are we taking, where are we spending a huge amount of time doing something that if we did something different, it might save a a couple minutes, which can, which can factor into a whole number of hours over the course of months and perhaps a year. So anyway, that was a heck of an experience, not something I was really ready to, uh, uh, talk about on the show, but I'm like, you know what? And and so as we're walking out, I I text message uh, and I'm like, Show topic. <laughs> yeah. No, I I thought that was hilarious. So, yeah, it was I, – I get this text, which is, you know, not uncommon for me, but literally just like, no joke, show topic, I hop, and then all one word, productivity. And I'm like, Chris, are you, did somebody jack your phone? It is wasn't Chris? It like, was an autocorrect iPod productivity. It was right, right. IHOP productivity. Right. So, yeah. I'm like, done. I'm, I'm, I'm down, dude. Like, <laughs> so here's – you know, just – it's a great way to take a look around, and especially as we're getting into a, a season of mercifully – this place is defrosted, yes. at least in the Northern Hemisphere, on the 49th parallel, 48th parallel? Yes. yes. Um, in this zone, we're getting in warmer temps, which is a blessing. Uh, you may be going to various restaurants to go out to eat and other things. And so observe how the surroundings are and uh, take note. You might find something similar or worse. Uh, something that is uh, similar in wonderful productive fashion is 102.3 FM KMRE. Low power. Community radio here in Bellingham. So anyway. Anyway, what else is going on? So with productivity in mind, uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but it's spring. So we're doing a little bit of spring cleaning at our house. Yes. Um, are you working on the same as well? Or are you trying out anything new to kind of consolidate, minimize, maximize? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've sold a great deal of things in my life. I still have some uh, items that I want to sell and be able to, you know, purchase other things, but I've had something that's kind of gnawed at me for a while hmm. and we might talk about it in a future show. Uh, but I've, I've really started to get, uh, concerned about our data online and how easy it is for someone to get access to it. And the companies that we use our email and a password uh, for username and password for, um, what type of information do they have on us, including credit cards, including home addresses, including phone numbers. So you're talking actually about physical tracking of data as opposed to like tracking data, like, well, you know, you go to Amazon and then you go to like Ugg Boots and all of a sudden Ugg Boots shows up in your Amazon. Yeah, that's a web browser thing as far as having cookies from web browser traffic. What I'm talking about is the information we have in our user profile on a particular online site. Mm-hmm. And just what information is available for someone to be able to find about us. And I'm starting to get a little concerned about just what might be available. And so I've, I've been trying to uh, explore ways to create a little bit of a barrier between that personal life, which I really cling to, and uh, what is put out in the online internet sphere. Right. And uh, a lot of things as far as, you know, I've, I've talked about in my classes, what are three or four things that we must protect uh, and guard uh, uh, vehemently, for lack of a better term. One is our social security number, no, uh, you know, no question. Number two is our, mobile, or our personal phone number. And a lot of us have mobile phones. 
that personal phone number can be a gateway to a whole lot of information that someone unauthorized can get access to that could really, you know, that and our personal email accounts. And I may expand upon this later, but, you know, and then also our home address. Uh, You know, those are four things, social. Yeah, but I mean, our home address is publicly, I mean, searchable. Sure. And I'm I'm trying not to put on the tinfoil hat on this one. No, no, I know, I know, (laughs) I know, I know you're not. Yeah. But uh, I think maybe, you know, I'm kind of exploring, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, not in an analog fashion, but what can I do to try to limit the... Uh, attack vectors yeah. from what I, a term that I'm hearing in a lot of uh, some research that I'm uh, listening to and reading about. Where are there uh, vulnerable spots that I can kind of patch up with some spackle, yeah. if you will? Yeah, uh, threat assessing. Threat assessing. And also, uh, what would happen if I was to, I don't know, have to, if, I, if there, are, there are people in uh, our town, in our area, some whom we may know that are in abusive relationships. And before I continue, I want to talk, uh, if you are listening and you are or you know someone who is in an abusive relationship, doesn't matter about the gender, doesn't matter about what type of abuse, um, AJ and I care about you. Uh, We want the best for you. And you shouldn't be allowing yourself to be in that type of relationship, period. End of discussion. Full End stop. of discussion. Full stop. So with that in mind, so if you are in one of these uh, abusive relationships and you had to kind of hit game reset on your online presence. Mm, I see where you're going. What would you have to do? And I'm even you know, considering what if you had to give up your phone right, right. to get a new phone number and start over again? Uh, what if you had to disengage from oh my goodness, your Facebook account, because whomever may be uh, able to track you in this way. So this is what I'm entertaining, going down this thought exercise path of like, Chris, what if, I ha- what if you had to reboot your online life? And so I'm kind of taking some lumps and finding some stop gaps and, and some uh, roadblocks along the way. Hmm. Maybe sometime we'll talk about this in greater detail. No, maybe we will. Okay, you can fine. Tease it. You can yeah. tease it. It's a tease. <laughs> so anyway, um, this is something that's uh, very important to me. And, and you know, let's, let's have a conversation in a couple episodes. What do you say? I say, yeah, let's do it. All right. Sounds good. Well, um, I think we are about at a place where we can wrap things up. So AJ, as we approach this uh, month of April that we're in, what do you have going on? So much like you, I've been doing a lot of spring cleaning and throughout the the several episodes before the the AE episodes, I've been doing the, the great purge as it were. And as a photographer, like there's two things that I have to purge. One is literally my gear. Every so often, like I got to refresh gear because I'm a working pro. So you got to get things have to go out. Things got to come in. So uh, my wife was on the road for two weeks uh, during all those recordings. And I sent her a text and she thought I had a little bit of an existential crisis as she was gone. I was like, oh, hey, hon, by the way, I just sold um, my camera bodies and my lenses and stuff. I'm going to be getting some new stuff. And she's like, what? And so, I mean, it was fine. But what I ended up doing is much like I've talked about on the show. Um, I sold some gear to uh, some people that I know that could benefit from it. Uh, I sold some gear to a, a large, unfortunately, large company on the East Coast that bought it back. And uh, I got a new body. Um, and I'm, I, I kind of hit a creative reboot. Um, I'm still in the Sony ecosystem. I decided to go back to full frame. And uh, I'll be doing some work with that later on. But uh, no, it's been nice because it got me to realize even in my minimalist uh, camera philosophy, even I had a little bit of gear acquisition syndrome. 
Uh, and so it kind of made me reboot and realize what lenses I actually use, what equipment I actually need, what bags I need to actually carry, which has been nice. So uh, my footprint, I have a lens case. You've seen my lens case before. Yes, it is tasty. And, and before you could see the walls and the floor and now you can see entire shelves, Chris. It's, mm. it's kind of fun. But uh, no, it's been great because I kind of get reacquainted with the kit that I, 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 to me, I will never sell and I still use. And so I have that and that's been kind of nice. But the second thing I've had to clear is something that you and I kind of dread, and that's our digital clutter. Yeah. The hard drives on hard drives upon hard drives that, oh, I'll just buy a new hard drive because that one's close enough to being full and I'll organize it eventually. That's been my tackle mm-hmm. uh, since I've been doing the AE episodes. So for the last four-ish weeks, my wife and I, when she got back, we've been hitting it hard doing spring cleaning physically and digitally. And I'm down to just a handful of hard drives and we know where everything is. It's kind of like tax documents. You you keep seven years. You don't need to keep all like 20 type of thing. And I'm culling the 20, like going back to graduate school, going back to even farther back. Oh, yeah. And saying, thank you. Goodbye. You know, Komari digital style. Very good. Uh, uh, Kudos. So I commend you on what you were able to do with your digital clutter and to get rid of some of these items that, you know, you may not be using all the time. And And the thing is... If you need to get that lens for for in this case, you can always purchase it again. For the most part. And that's that's the thing. There's some lenses that I won't ever let go because they are hard to yeah. find. But it's funny that you should say that. Like not but two months ago I was purging some lenses and when I ch- changed bodies and purged some more, I was just like, oh holy crap, I need to get that one back. So I did. I bought another one, you know. It's one of those things where if it's not like I, I, the only way I can say it is if it is not unique then it, it can come and go type of thing. It's accessible. Yeah, it's accessible. That's a better mm, way of putting it. You're absolutely. better with words than me. Well, very good. All right, let's stick a fork in the show. That wraps it up for this reunion episode of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get our podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. Low power. Community radio here in the heart of the city by the Salish Sea. And on that note, Gosh, it was good to have you back on the mic, Chris. I'm AJ Barsay. <laughs> and I'm Chris Powell. Stay tuned next week for a great interview with an executive director of a nonprofit in Bellingham. And thanks for joining us this time on the Bellingham Podcast. Normally, we would not have this problem. At least it's not a train. Do, 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 do. Take a coffee break. Take a coffee break with AJ and Chris. Take a coffee break. Do, 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 do.